know, um, all of our life is about relationships. Every part of our life, whether it's our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, our relationship with ourself. You know, you need to have a healthy relationship with yourself. You know that, right? You need to be able to enjoy yourself and enjoy being by yourself at times. It's a it's a precious thing. It's we should never feel incomplete because something is missing in our life or someone is missing from our life. We should feel complete because God made us whole. Life and trauma and tragedy and wrong that has been done to us, it eats away at our wholeness and people try to become whole with some other way other than by God making us whole. Whenever you think somebody else can make you whole, you've already given too much power that they don't even have. So you'll only be frustrated or angry at them or disappointed in them. But when you realize that God makes us whole, that our relationship with him can be enough and should be enough to make us whole. Now, we do need each other. We do need the body of Christ. But there is nothing. No one is inferior because of your relationship status in this world, married, single, divorced, remarried, whatever your status relationally is, you can be whole in that status without changing that status. And if you think you have to change that status to be whole, then you've misunderstood your relationship with God and how complete that can be. So when you when you enter into the proximity of another human being at any level, when you're coming to that person from a place of wholeness, you will be a blessing to that person. When you come to that person from a place of brokenness, you will become disappointed and depleted and you will you will detract from that person. You will take away something. You will continue to disappoint yourself. One of the things that I've found when Jesus was. He pushed into the boat with with Peter and he preached from Peter's boat to the multitudes in Luke chapter five. And when he was done preaching, he said, now let's go out to the deep. Now he's going to apply what he's heard. Now he wants Peter to apply what he's heard. You see, Jesus never teaches us something. With no application following. He always teaches us, teaches us something that we can apply immediately. To our lives, it's not a religion. 
It's it's a beautiful relationship of impartation and revelation from God so that we can go and apply what he says. So he preaches the word of God and everyone that was in need of encouragement and healing and joy and peace. They they received it. And then when he was done speaking, he said to Peter, let's go out into the deep. Let's launch into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Peter met Jesus with rationale. Peter met Jesus with previous experience. Peter met Jesus request with but 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 just a lot of big butts in that moment. Master. But we've fished all night. We've worked all night and caught nothing. You see. This journey with God. Is going to ask of you to believe things that you've never believed before. To go places you've never gone before. To reach. Points in your life that you've never reached before to become a person you've never become before. To go to a bold place that you're not comfortable with because you're comfortable the other way. And I don't really get what Peter was so comfortable about, except when I start to look at my own life and realize, you know what? I've been just like that. When God says a challenge, when God says something, all these reasons, but, 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 but that we all come up with all these excuses we all come up with. We fished all night and caught nothing. Really, when you think about it, what did Peter have to lose? But you see, he was basing his relationship with Jesus and what Jesus said to him. He was basing it on his previous experiences. We fished all night and caught nothing. Now, we have to come to a place where we are willing to meet God at least where Peter met him. Peter was willing and he was a vulnerable man. Peter, he always told what he felt. He always said what he felt. I'll never betray you, though they all will deny you, but I will never deny you. Master, let's call down fire from heaven and burn these suckers up. Might not even been Peter that said that, but I'm sure if, if one of them said it, it was Peter's idea. But Peter meets Jesus halfway. You know, that's not such a bad. That's not such a bad idea. He meets him halfway in that he acknowledges his human experience is we've caught nothing. We fished on night and caught nothing. He says, nevertheless, which is another but. I like that word, but there, but at your word, I'll let down the net. So Peter meets him there by recognizing his human experience. I've never experienced this before. This has never been done that way before. That's not what fishermen do. We don't do that when we fished all night and caught nothing. That's not normal. It's not regular. It's not my experience. It's not my five physical senses. It's telling it's illogical to me. But at your word. You see, we have to be okay with being human. 
The human part of Peter and all of his part, all of Peter is human, just like all of us. We're all human. We have the spirit of God in us and we're connected with him. But we're all human and life is a ironic contradiction continually. And that's okay because trusting God is where peace comes from. Trusting God is where joy comes from. Trusting God is where life is really lived. Trusting God is really the, the best place we can be. So it will seem like a contradiction often in our lives. Lord, I, I, I've spent all my money on these other things, but at your word, I'll tithe. But at your word, I'll plant a seed. But at your word, I'll worship with my giving. But at your word, I'll believe for a harvest. You're sitting in chairs that somebody believed God for. You're standing in a building. I'm standing in a building. I'm standing in something that was just an acreage of corn one day. A bunch of corn. That's why the pastor is a little corny sometimes. We are what we eat. This church is something that came out of nothing. Somebody has to believe God. Somebody has to say. We fished all night and caught nothing, but at your word. Somebody had to say. We're going to build this church. Somebody had to say, I'm going to build this business. Somebody had to say, I'm going to rebuild my life. After the damage that I've done or the damage has been done to me, I'm going to rebuild my life. Somebody's got to take a step of faith. Our decisions and our emotions cannot be rooted in our current circumstances. Our emotions and our decisions cannot be rooted in our previous experiences, our emotions and our decisions cannot be rooted in the way it used to be. Our emotions and our decisions must be rooted in faith. I can have anger. I'm not going to bed with it. The Bible says. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. I can have anger. But I can believe that God We'll turn this thing around. I can be bitter. But I can say, yet. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'm not saying to remain bitter. I'm saying to recognize your humanity. And it's OK to be bitter and say. But God is good. But God's goodness is going to show up. But goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. You see, when you try to be perfect, you can never admit what you need to admit to make progress. 
Pride is the stumbling block of all of humanity. And humility is the answer to everything. Humility is the answer to everything. It's not the only answer to everything, but it's always an ingredient of the answer to everything. Always be humble. Always have humility. Never take yourself so seriously that you can't laugh at yourself, that you can't make fun of yourself. The only person you should ever make fun of is yourself. And not be insecure about it. This contradiction is where life is lived. Master, we fished all night and caught nothing. But at your word, at your word, at your word, you see, the fruit of our lives flows from the root in our lives. If we're properly rooted, we're going to be pr properly producing fruit. I love what Psalm one, verse one says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor seat in the sin of the seat, sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the word of God and in his word, he meditates day and night for he shall be like a tree planted by streams of water whose leaf does not wither, but who bears fruit in his season. And in whatever he does, he prospers. You don't prosper in whatever you do because of the amount of money that you have. You don't prosper in whatever you do because of whatever experiences you've had. You prosper in whatever you do because you are rooted in the word of God. You are rooted in the love of God. You are rooted in faith in God. Our roots should be faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. We should be rooted and grounded in love. Our emotions should not attach themselves to what is happening in the news cycle and what is happening in the world politically and what is our emotions cannot be attached to those things. Our emotions must be attached to faith in God. Faith in God. There are not five senses of every human being. There are six. Yes, there is the sense of sight and touch and hearing and speaking and whatever else I didn't include <laughs> smelling. But the sixth sense is the one that we are most called to live by faith. In second Corinthians, chapter five, verse seven, he says, for we walk by faith and not by 
Sight represents the five physical senses. We walk by faith. Faith represents the sixth sense. And faith is not someone that ignores the fact. The doctor said, I have six months to live. I'm not ignoring that. I'm not. He didn't tell me that. <laughs> but I'm saying if the doctor said that, denying that fact is not faith. Faith is and hear me now. The first level or the first most important part of faith, if the doctor were to say that to me, the most important fact is not the most important part of my faith is not I'm going to be healed. The most important fact of my faith is I'm going to heaven when I die. I have a relationship with God. I surprised you with that, right? <laughs> most people think the the counter action or the counter belief to the doctor's report is. I believe I'm healed by his stripes, and that is true. That is part of your faith. But the most important part of your faith is not that you're healed by his stripes. The most important part of your faith, the most important aspect of your faith is that you're saved by his grace. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, I plan on dying. Of just being done. What he die of being done. <laughs> I don't want to die of a disease. I don't want to die in an accident. I, want, I don't want to die in a tragedy. I want to die of being done. I want that on my death certificate. I want that on my tombstone. Man, I'm getting hungry now. I shouldn't have said that. He done. So <laughs> Jesus said, the work you've given me to do, Father, I've done it. I'm turning it over to these guys, turn it over to these guys, these guys. Really? One's got to feel something. One's got to see something. One's got to hear something. All of them based all of them based on everything on their five physical senses. But Jesus did teach them and planted the seeds in them that they needed. You know, there is coming a day where your faith is going to be called upon in your life. Where you're going to need to trust God. And there's not going to be any other solution. There will be an emergency. There will be a situation. There will be a trial. There will be a tribulation. And all you need in that moment is faith in the love of God. For our faith does not work by our loving behavior. Our faith works by love, but it's not our love that makes our faith work. It's God's love that makes our faith work. We need to be rooted in relationship with God. Boy, I'll tell you this. 
God is so much more concerned about his relationship with you. He's so much more interested in his relationship with you than he is in your relationship with doing everything right. So many Christians, they're so focused on doing everything right and never making mistakes. Why? Because we make mistakes without even knowing that we've made them often. We cannot live in that space of trying to live so error free and we have to start living care free. Only then can we truly enjoy our relationship with God and that enjoyment spill over into all the other aspects of our life. This is how the Christian life can be lived through relationship, through love, through intimacy with God, through spending time with him. It doesn't mean you have to be stuck in a closet for an hour praying. We can spend time with him all day. We have the word of God on our phones. We have it in our mouth. We have it from one another. We can encourage one another. God's spirit lives inside of us. His presence is in us. We're in his presence. We have it so good. This is how the life with God is to be lived, to walk with him. We're not walking behind him. We're not walking ahead of him. We're not walking under him. We're not walking over him. We're walking with him. Walk with me, God said. Talk with me, God said. I can have instantly, at the same time, awe at how perfect and beautiful and holy God is and simultaneously how merciful and forgiving and approving he is of me. We are living in a world addicted to other people's approval. And we must be rooted. We must have our approval rooted in the love of our father. Faith in the love of our father. My faith is rooted in nothing else. But the love the father has for me and the gift of righteousness that he's given to me and he's given to us. And in Ephesians chapter six, verse 14 of the. The living Bible. Says something amazing about the breastplate of righteousness. He calls it the breastplate of God's approval. The breastplate of God's approval. Whoa. The breastplate of righteousness. We hear about in Ephesians chapter 6, 14, the thing that is to protect our vital organs, the thing that is to protect our heart, the thing that is to protect what goes in and what comes out of our heart is the breastplate of righteousness. But it's actually translated as the breastplate of God's approval. 
Put the living Bible up there if you guys have that. If you find that translation, the breastplate of God's approval. The breastplate of what? What protects your heart? What is the thing that should be on your heart? God's word translation or George Washington's. I don't know what GW is. <laughs> One of them says it this way. Put on God's approval as your breastplate. We are living in a world that is nursing from the milk of this world's approval. We must wean ourselves off of it today. We must live our lives free from people and from their approval. And put ourselves completely and utterly in the hands of God's approval. Keep that verse up, putting on the breastplate, the thing that protects the heart, the thing that protects the vital organs, the thing that protects everything that matters to the sustainability of your life. Is protected by God's approval. Condemnation cannot penetrate the breastplate of God's approval. Fear and inferiority cannot penetrate the breastplate of God's approval. What somebody said about you, what mistakes you've made, what failures we, you've had, what things you've done, what things others have done to you. None of those things can penetrate the breastplate of God's approval. We do not need the influencers of social media's approval. Whoa, I just got followed by an influencer. Really, that guy should be lucky that you are anywhere in proximity to that person because you are God's favorite child. You have God's approval. And those people are benefiting simply from the temporary drug of man's approval that will never, ever be satisfied. We should know by now the, the proof of something that is not God's way is it never satisfies you. It's never enough. You see, if God supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory, money is not how I measure my needs being met because God doesn't need money to meet my needs. He can use it as one of the things, one of the ways, but it's not the only way. It's not the only way. He can bring water from a rock. He can bring birds from the air. They can drop off bread. They can drop off. Listen, some of you. You had a little when we were kids, there was a little like a, a little bird thing out on one of the trees in the front yard. 
And I don't know, my mother or somebody would put some bread in there. And sure enough, those birds would come and eat that. And God was meeting their needs. You think they were saying. There better be a worm in this ground somewhere. God, if you're going to you're truly meeting my needs, there better there better be a worm. I better find some. I better find a worm. I better find a caterpillar. I better find something to eat in the ground. Little did they know that God was providing something for them that wasn't in the ground, but a human being put it in a tree. Those same birds that you fed when you were a kid or those same birds that you fed or that you see those same birds could feed you. Mm, the chicken was delicious. <laughs> Think about that. We do not need this world's approval. We need to put on the breastplate of God's approval. That's all we need. That's all we need. Jesus said in John chapter five, verse 44, I think it is in the New Living Translation, he said to the religious leaders, he said, your approval means nothing to me. Your approval means nothing to me. How much does that leave that Jesus is depending on Zero. Your approval means nothing to me. So how much approval does Jesus need for them? None. How much is left for them for him to get from them? None. He's not looking for it from them. He doesn't need it from them. He doesn't want it from them. It doesn't mean anything to him. It doesn't he doesn't value other people's approval. He has his approval from his heavenly father and that is sufficient for him. So sufficient that it frees him from people so he can be a blessing to people. God's approval frees you from people so that he can give you to people. Our lives should be lived in the service of others in some way. Our lives should be used in the in the service of others. But only when you're free from those people's lives, free from their approval, free from the addiction to make sure they are happy with you when you're free from that. You can be in service to them. You cannot serve somebody you're in bondage to. You can only serve them when you're free from them. Paul said Jesus said it to Paul this way in Acts chapter 26, verse 17 in the King James Bible. He said. I will deliver you, Jesus said to Paul, I will deliver you from the people. to whom I will now send you to the people. I will deliver you from them and send you to them. I have to deliver you from them so I can send you to them. If you're not delivered from them, you will not be able to be a blessing to them. Faith is Hebrews 11, 1. Who knows what it is? It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Yes. 
But look at what he says in in verse two of the New American Standard Translation. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Put the New American Standard Translation if you guys could. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction or the evidence of things not seen, the certainty of things not seen. Verse two, for by it, the men of old gained approval. Our approval comes from faith in God's love. That's how we gain God's approval. Put that on as our breastplate and everything is going to be all right. Let's stand together. Thanks for the the whirlwind experience today. Thanks for. You didn't know I was a tree hugger. Now you do. I appeal to all political parties. No, Jesus does. I don't. I don't. That's not my calling. It's to teach you who you who you are in Christ. When you understand your identity, when you understand your approval, you are a keg of power. You are walking TNT to the devil. You are dynamite. In the words of Jimmy. (laughs) Jimmy Evans or whatever. JJ, JJ. Florida was his mother, I think. James was his dad. Good family in Chicago years ago. You are walking dynamite. You are walking dynamite. You have God's approval. You are powerful. You don't need anybody else's power. You got the power. Say, I have the power because I have God's approval and I wear God's approval as my breastplate in Jesus name. Amen. I love you guys. You're dismissed. We'll see you on Thing Like a Champion. Can't wait to see you at our next service as well. You are loved. Come on up for any prayer needs that you might have. One of our prayer team will be up here to pray for you. Love you guys.